0: What I really um, what I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 is it's not about Apollos, it's not about Paul, it's about Christ. So you're not here to pick your favorite session, you're not here to pick your favorite pastor, but I really believe the Holy Spirit is building uh, to something and that's why I'm even excited more um, so about what Shane is going to do at the end. Um, but yeah, I wanted to just um, thank Etienne, um, Catherine, the leaders of Tigerberg for today. Thank you for the honor of uh, sharing your, your pulpit. And uh, just for the faithfulness you have in uh, securing a family, a home. And uh, I know a little bit of what it takes. So uh, well done for doing so. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this conference, for purpose, for passion. Thank you for technology, Father, that uh, we can um, have people online join in. And uh, right now, thank you, Father, that you have something for us. You've got something for us this morning. You've got something for us. We're not here just because we don't have something else to do, and we are here for a purpose. Our Father, here because we have a purpose. Yes. We have a purpose. We're not looking for purpose. Just feel that's for someone. You're not yes. looking for purpose. We have purpose. Yes. We have the same purpose that Christ had. Isaiah 61 speaks about Christ's purpose. He says I was anointed to bring healing, to bring good news, to bring sight to the blind, to set captives free, to bring deliverance. And then Luke 4 verse 18, Jesus says today this is fulfilled in your hearing. So that's not about you, that's about Christ. But now Christ lives in you, so now it's about you. Or now that's what you're about. That's what you get to be about, you get to choose. So Holy Spirit, thank you you that you raise us, our expectation, as we stir the gift that is inside of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not looking to impart necessarily something today, we're looking to stir up. We're looking to to stir up. And I was at a conference once, which was a very different context. It was called the the Sower's Seminar. And it was not what you're going to do today. But what I loved about the past, is said, guys, we're going to get serious. You know why you're here. And that's why you are here today, because you are serious. I hope so. Uh, if you're not serious about the kingdom yet then you'll be serious hopefully after today but you are here and in session three and you're still listening session four actually if you count last night because you are serious you are serious about the kingdom you are serious about god his purpose you live with a passion and the passion is more than a translation isn't it amen the passion is what is inside of you like it's we are co-laboring with the gospel we are co-laboring with christ Paul says, I don't know why I do this, but he works in me. Like, I work harder than you all, yet not I, but Christ works in me. And I like the word that Etienne shared about obedience. And I think in grace, we have thought that we should not obey and we should not work. But the good work that is inside of us, that Charles referred to, is the good work of salvation. And now we work out that salvation. For seasons and generations, the church has worked for salvation. What a travesty. Where salvation is freely given because Christ said it is... Finished and then he went up to heaven and then he poured out something on Pentecost, which is what? The Holy Spirit. The Pentecost is the harvest feast, it is the fulfilling of the harvest feast. So the first fruits is offered, which is Christ. Amen. I said that. Thank you, Peter. The first fruits is not money, the first fruits is Christ. Now you're not so excited because you're waiting for your harvest to come in. Amen. <laughs> When Jesus said the harvest is ready, He wasn't speaking about money. You had some rubles coming your way, they're not worth much. Not currently. But people. People are worth so much. People are what Christ died for. Amen? Nothing more, nothing less. That's the only eternal part, is the Spirit living in people. Stephen, will you stand please? I just have a word for you isaiah 49 says yahweh called you as his own before he were born and named you while you were still in your mother's womb yeah. he gives you words that pierce and penetrate he hid you and protected you in the shadow of his hand he prepared you like a polished arrow and concealed you in his quiver Hallelujah. god is working on you in the shadows but there's going to be a day where he's going to call you to step up to come forth and to shine brightly to shine a light It goes on in verse 4, says, Then I said, I have labored in vain. Maybe you feel that today. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord. Do not judge what is the fruit in your life. Let God be the judge of that. And my work with my God. And now says the Lord that formed you from the womb to be His servant, to bring Jacob again to Him. Through Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. And my God shall be my strength. God is your strength. And he said, it is a light thing that you be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, to restore the preserved of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that you may be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. God wants to do something with you where you are. But He's going to take you further, He's going to take you out from there to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's pray. Let's, uh, let's reach our hand just now to Stephen. Father thank you for Stephen, thank you for the calling on his life, thank you for the purpose. Thank you for his mother, Father, that is just uh, um, investing and have been investing and in speaking life over the years, Father, thank you that this is not a light thing. But Stephen it's also not pressure, it's an invitation. And you will know, God will raise you up and God will give you the opportunities to be that light unto the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I woke up this morning and I was so excited because today we get to impact eternity. Amen. We get to impact eternity. We do something today. It's not a rugby match that's going to end. It is eternal. And then at the way here, I realized it's only eternal if we apply what we learn here. That's right. It is not eternal by being here because I believe you are all saved. If you're not saved, we get you saved today, then we had an eternal impact. But if we take out what we received, what was stirred up, and we go and act on it, then we actually echo into eternity with what we'd receive here today. Amen? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Who knows, there's some zombies out there. Come on. The walking dead.
1: Yeah. They're all around us. Yeah.
0: They're all around us, the zombies. Yeah. But we're not afraid of the zombies because the darkness Amen. is afraid of the light, not the other way around, okay? Yes. We're not afraid of them, but we've got something they need. What do they need? They need the gospel. They need the spirit. They need salvation. They need the spirit of God living in them. Amen. That's the only way they're going to be stopping sinners and going to live forever. Because a sinner is not about what you do or don't do. A sinner is about what you have or don't have. A sinner is someone without the spirit of Christ. Because Romans 8 and verse 6 says, or 8 to verse 9, I don't know all these scriptures, but it's okay. It's somewhere in there. It says that if you do not have the spirit of Christ, you are? No, it is. So there's no such thing as spiritual Christianity and non-spiritual Christianity. Christianity isn't spirit, amen? Because this body is going to die and decay, but the spirit in me is going to live forever, amen? And that's the God part, the Jesus part. We get to help zombies come alive. Amen. I love what we Philippians 1 said, verse 3 says, uh, My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give Him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union. And that's really my celebration in coming here last night and today is the union. Last night felt like a reunion. There's so many people from Stellenbosch and from the, the olden days that is now in different places, in different areas, the boot campers. All of us together, but there's a union. There's a oneness. He says in verse 6, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this work, this glorious work in you will continue maturing you. So let's be serious. What are we serious about? We're serious about maturing you. I like what it said. I'll take it to Stellenbosch. A good word is a challenging word. Amen? <laughs> Last week I said something and, and some of the people knew where I was going. And I said, you can be, don't be so nervous. I'm not going all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going all the way. But like we might just get going all the way soon. Philippians 1.21. I'm just catching up the morning. It says in the Living Bible, verse 21 says, for me, living means opportunities for Christ. I love that. Paul is considering dying. He's like, it's going to be easier to die than to be in this prison. It's going to be easier to die than to live with all these aches. Think about the aches, the pains, the scars, what it looked like, how he got up in the morning. He was stoned, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked. he was bitten by snakes. He didn't have it easy. He didn't have chiropractors, physiotherapists, he didn't have a nice diet. But he said, I'd rather be here because being here means opportunities for Christ. Verse 22 says, but if living will give me more opportunities to win people to Christ, then I don't really know which is better, to live or to die. If living is opportunities for Christ, then I'll get to heaven one day, but then I'd rather stay here and make those opportunities count. Take those opportunities. And that's what we're about this morning, and not just today, but like I said, let's make this echo. It says, you are standing side by side with one strong purpose, verse 27. And that purpose is to tell the good news. Someone here is looking for your purpose. You came this weekend. You're looking for your purpose. Your purpose is Christ. Amen. And then we're about what he's about. Paul says, consider me, imitate me, follow me as I do what? Imitate and follow Christ. There's your purpose. You want calling? What is your calling? It is the calling of Christ, the calling of his body, the calling of the church. Amen. you're not so excited you wanted a prophetic word and sending you to the nations and you want to you want to step up and you're going to be a billionaire and you're going to be a millionaire no that's not it because that will not last i read a book about the second world war over december and they changed rubies and diamonds for chocolate because rubies and diamonds were worth nothing to those inside the concentration camps but chocolate was ladies I know it's tough to choose, but I know Job says I to chocolate every day. <laughs> Those in uh, the piquette burgers you want, you, you guys should know. Amen. If you want to honor your pastor, a lint chocolate goes a long, long way with this one.
1: <laughs> <Amen>? Lunch bar. <laughs>
0: Lindt chocolate's on the Sabbath, because that's when Jesus healed. Amen? <laughs> Philippians two verse two says, "Then make me truly happy by loving each other and agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, working together with one heart and mind and purpose. One heart, one mind, one purpose." Ephesians four. I I thought it's going to go deeper there because it speaks about one spirit, one body, one baptism. There is one. Oneness is such a key theme because it's one body, one heart, one mind, one purpose. Now I'm getting to Philippians three. That I'm supposed to be uh, looking at, but it's exciting. Verse 12 says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. What a humble man. I'm yes. with Etienne. We're not there yet, but we're growing, we're looking, we're looking for more. Amen? But I run with passion. Let that be true. Even if we don't run, know all things, let's run and run with passion. Mm. When I worked at ShopRite, my kids asked say, Just for a try, even if it's under your own pills. <laughs> Just it's better than doing nothing. Amen? Yes. God can move a moving ship. He can steer a moving ship. Yes. But if we're stagnant, if we're not passionate, then we're not going anywhere. Yes. We're going nowhere slowly. It says, but I run with passion into His abundance. Why? That I might reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. So if you're here to find your purpose and your calling, you are in the right place. But it's not going to be any different from the person next to you. Yes. And it's not different to me. What to share Or to any of the other people who you think, are up there somewhere. Because it's in the union of fellowship that we have one spirit. One church, one body, one spirit. He wants you to discover it, but don't be disappointed because it's going to be what Christ is about. There's only one purpose to which we are called. So why do we sometimes miss out on this? Romans 8 verse 6 says, Now the mind of the flesh... Which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Classic elaborates that. So what is the mind of the flesh? It is reasoning without the Holy Spirit. So do you see that you can sit in church and reason without the Holy Spirit, which means you're in the flesh? Yes. How many YouTube videos by so-called Christians, or let's say they are Christians, are fleshly and carnal? Because it is for this life, it is not for the life. Remember, I said I'm going to come on strong because you had three. This is this is number four now. You you warmed up, okay? It is reasoning and sensing without the Holy Spirit, and that is death. It doesn't. It's nothing else. It's not. It doesn't look like death or smell like death. It is death. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life. You choose. We've lost some people over the last year or two because they chose to pursue something and we chose to pursue something else and we counted the cost of what we're pursuing but we cannot but go for what the Holy Spirit is leading us into because we know their end is life and as a leadership we will not love you if we don't lead you to the fullness of life, the fullness of your purpose and the fullness of your calling yes we do great things in terms of work and giving and we've got benevolence funds but that is not why you are here you are here because you are here to make a difference for eternity Amen. and yes we need food to get there but it's not about your belly
1: it's
0: not about your appetite. it is about who lives inside of you it is not what goes in but what comes out because of who's in the mind of the flesh with carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Romans eight verse six and seven confirms and echoes what Etienne shared earlier. So what is Paul's answer to this challenge? We all sit in this. We go on Instagram, we go on Facebook, we go around us, we are bombarded by carnality. If you do this, you're gonna be so happy. If you buy this, if you upgrade to this, if you're gonna wear this, if you're gonna eat this, if you're going to like this. I'm from I'm not from Stellenbosch, but I live it. I'm a missionary to Stellenbosch. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if, if once there's this ice cream shop's opening all the time, but because once everyone has posted it on Instagram being there, it's not cool to be there anymore. <laughs> Honestly, that's but, but that's gone. it. Yes. Yes. now there's another one with the pink flamingo. Now everyone is on Instagram with the pink flamingo. It's not about the ice cream anymore. It's about the social status which we, yes. we are perplexed by. Yes. And we are not to be conformed to this world. Go and have your ice cream and take a photo with the pink flamingo. But that's not what it's about. <laughs> it's about the person serving you the ice cream. Yes.
1: In that shop. Oh, hallelujah.
0: With the pink flamingo.
1: Yes.
0: I love what Charles said about whenever yes. someone comes to fix something at their home, they're going to speak yes. to no.
1: We're
0: going to step out. Make all things work together for his good. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Paul answers this in Philippians 3.13. He says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. You yes. cannot have many focuses. One focus. What is this church about? Winning souls. It's about salvation. The Spirit of God living in us. and Now we want that Spirit to live in others.
1: Amen. Yes.
0: God, who is willing that all men be saved, ladies, that men, is people. King okay? yes. James is very sexist. <laughs>
1: the people. He was very really
0: sexist. He was, yeah, in that day. I <laughs> <laughs> cannot go any deeper into that. More more. Lucas is praying and whispering. <laughs> I do have one compelling focus. What is that? they all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not two purposes, it's one purpose. Because it's discipleship. And then, when are you a disciple? What is the difference between a convert and a disciple? Amen. A disciple is one disciples. Amen. Jen has been listening. Amen. <laughs> so, you're only a disciple when you're making disciples? People want to be apostles. They want to be prophets. They want to be the centile ones. Jesus called up to the mountain who? <laughs> the disciples Don't miss it and he appointed apostles They didn't make that they didn't resign as disciples and became apostles they remained disciples With a mission and a purpose to go out and take the gospel so their function was Apostle but their identity was disciple. That never changes because if you change that you stop learning. You stop growing and you go on your own seat. Amen. And you take some people with you and sometimes you take them with you to help. Because it's not about ministers, it's about truth. It's about the spirit of God. It's not about Paul or Apollos. It's not about, I can name a dozen names now which you all know, it's about Christ. I have one compelling Focus, verse seven. But all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I thrown them all away, yes. so that I can put my trust in hope in Christ alone. No, listen, he threw it away, not to throw it away. He threw it away so that he can no longer trust in it. It's not about what you throw away; it's about what you trust in. He threw it away so that he could look forward, so that he could look up. Colossians three says, "We do not consider the things of this earth." Wars, rumors of wars. Petrol price. We don't consider these things. Because I don't know about you, but my Bible speaks about a story where a widow woman with the last meal made that, offered that, and then there was jars put out. And what was poured in? Oil. Okay, that's what you read. That's carnal provision. I mean, but God gives us that. <laughs> he knows what meaning. That is the Holy Spirit. Yes. As many jars as we put in front of what God has called us to do, as many will he fill. And he sure. fills them until they're overflowing. Hallelujah. And when does the flow stop? God. When the, jars, when run the jars run out. So it's not a limit of God's side, God's willing that all people be saved, which means be filled with the Spirit, but not that any would perish, meaning go run and cry. There's eternal punishment which is eternal perishing but that's a different message but they all come to the fullness of the knowledge of the truth ephesians 1 paul prays. He says that you'll grow your understandings of what has gone on inside what has gone on not what's going on what has gone on in the inner man that you'll be enlightened and now let's, let's let that light out I can put my trust in Christ alone. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I have put aside all else, counting it worth less than nothing. Other trans- this is a generous translation. The others are more PG. speaks about dung. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Verse 9, I have become one with Him. If you're one with Christ, how can you have another calling? How can you have a different purpose? If we have one spirit and we are one spirit with God, sorry for you, but you have one spirit with the person next to you. But maybe the person next to you is the one you like, that's why you sit there. You are one with the person on the other side of the room, or the room you don't like. Because being one with God, and they one with God, meaning we're all one. So it's not we can just as well start getting along. Because he said it is going to be a long time for you not to like your neighbor. But by trusting Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith counting on Christ alone. Let's jump to 14. I run straight. Say straight. Not left and right. I run straight. I have one focus, one purpose, one passion, one calling. One Christ, one spirit. That one doesn't have another spirit than what I do. Or chart as an Afrikaans spirit that I'm trying to get the going in our Afrikaans. No, it's not a different anointing. It's how we grew up. But it's also how much effort you put in. And when it not said about the translations, I pray for the Afrikaans people because the translations doesn't give them a good chance at all of understanding the good news of Christ. That's why God took me on a roundabout and I was for seven years not reading Afrikaans. Because I was not good at that. Because all of that came up was bondage. But now, having cleansed me through the washing of the water of the word, I have an understanding, and now we can present to people the truth in whatever language we need to speak. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal. And if you want to give a title to my session today, it's The Heavenly Goal. There's one. Oh, it's here. There's one. The Heavenly Goal. And gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus Christ. There's only one goal worth pursuing, and that is the heavenly goal. The Amplified says, I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of Christ of God in Christ Jesus. Now we're gonna we're gonna just look at maturity quickly. Verse 15 says, So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to me. So honestly, I honour you for being here today. I honour you for being here today. I, I honestly wish that we had people there and that we had to carry some of the grandstands in because I said it in our and I prophesied it last week in our service that this this weekend takes grace life deeper and further along to what we are called to do. And one of that things is unity. But its purpose, its passion, and its power. So I honor you for being here. But by being here doesn't mean anything. Unless you listen and apply what you are taught. Unless you grow in your maturity, which means less of me, which is just less of the flesh. Sorry. But more of Him, which is more of the Spirit. You see, eldership is just maturity. And eldership, I believe, is living less in the flesh and more in the Spirit. So it's not that's about it. whether you are gray or old it's about whether you're living in the spirit or in the flesh that's
1: it
0: and like paul says we haven't yet fully gotten there but we are trying to live more in the spirit make more spiritual decisions that's where you really know where your heart is at you want to know your maturity John said it as well he just chooses quicker mm-hmm. natasha and i've been married now for 10 years praise god and uh we just we don't just fight for long anymore because we know we're going to make peace anyway. Because we're not going anywhere, we, we, we love each other, we stay there. So we like, okay, let's just get over it, let's get to the bottom of it and let's, let's make peace. Hallelujah. It's maturity. It's not what I want and what you want. And uh, No, it's like, what, what is the right thing then? What is the real cause? When you make decisions in life, what is the real cause behind those decisions? You can wrap them in God paper, nice. But what is it that is the root cause of your decision? Yes. I was thinking about it in the break earlier. Two of the most difficult decisions, probably the two most. To get married is easy, right? It's after that that it starts getting difficult. I had an awesome day two weeks ago with <laughs> Rudolph and Celestia. Rudolf, I told you, your fun only starts now, know? <laughs> the fairy tale ends, they were just married, there they go, but now life starts. A decision to get married is a big decision, but it wasn't a difficult decision. Two of the most difficult decisions, if not the most difficult, was to go to ministry when I resigned my full-time employment. God had a plan. Like I resigned and two minutes later I had a job offer. But I I resigned without knowing where the next ramp is coming from. I promise you that. I was awake for two nights where I didn't sleep, And I wasn't worried about where money's gonna come from. I was more worried to consider how my boss will react to my resignation. <laughs> I was in faith on the one side and supercarnal on the other side, <laughs> That has proven to be the best decision I've made ever. I'm living an adventure beyond comprehension. And we're only just getting started. We have never once gone without, but that's not why we made the decision. It is not about what we had, it's about who we have. And yeah. it's about the, the, the privilege to get up on a Saturday morning and know what I'm going to do today is going to echo into eternity. And I'm not doing it by myself, I'm doing it with brothers and sisters. I'm doing it with Christ through His Spirit who lives in me. And no amount of money can ever get close to that. Yes, we've seen, we've gone overseas and we've seen places we would never have seen. The furthest I went when I was in corporate was Durban. We've been to it four times for shame, I think, in the last five years.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The second most difficult decision that we had to make was when we took in Jordan, the foster. So foster care with us, and it's proven to be the most fulfilling decision we've ever made. Fulfilling is not easy.
1: Yeah, come
0: on. I haven't slept long. In more than a year now. And you get tired. You get angry and you get hangry. Like it's funny how hungry you get at 2 in the morning. And at 4 in the morning you're still awake. And in those moments you try and convince yourself that this is not a carnal thing. This is a labor of love. This is co-laboring with Christ. This has eternal impact. Amen. Amen so as challenging as it is on the one side it is purposeful it is eternal and it is a labor of love which is i believe jesus said let the kids come to me how did we make those difficult decisions thank you for asking <laughs> because these are the decisions that you got not to go in ministry and take and foster children no the decisions that's going to define your life the story of your life. There's a song by Switchfoot, I love it. It says, we do not live for a funeral. I remember a sermon when I was still in school and the guy said, think about your gravestone. Um, your gravestone. The There's two dates on a gravestone, mm. a birth date and a death date. But that's not what you think about. There's a little stripe
1: yeah,
0: in between true. those it's dates. True. And that is what you have to make this world count. It's not about your birthday. It's not about the day you pass. It is about what you do with the strife of the moment. You have one life. I told Chopra that. I said, I've only got one life. Sorry. I cannot give you this life. I only have one. And there's only one who deserves it because he gave it to me. Fullness, abundance, Ah. so we can only serve by serving him. I do not depend on my own strength. Verse 13. I have one compelling focus. I forget all the past and fasten my heart with the future instead. We said we run straight towards the price. We're looking at maturity. Verse 15, all of us who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfection, should have this attitude. What is your attitude? As a church, we are maturing. If the aircon doesn't work, it's alright. We have a good attitude. You can ask it In Stellenbosch The aircon took the other day and I was just going on. Like, open the windows. The worship didn't work. We worship. It's not about music and shows. It's not about carnal entertainment. It is about spiritual power on the inside of us. Verse 16 says, And let us all advance together. Say together. Together. You are not alone maybe you're not as mature yet but by being here by being part of this body you are part of the passion part of the purpose and part of the plan of god and you are moving with us in a direction that is going to change not just this life but the life to come just hang in there i want to say stick with us we're going to make you famous but it's not about famous here it's about famous there just stick with us how do we do it following one path with one passion I want to do a quick bonus insert here. So 1 Corinthians 11 speaks about not discerning the Lord's body. And there's many things being said in many sermons. And if you're going to go on YouTube again, you'll get a thousand things there. Not discerning the Lord's body. He's got nothing to do with bread. It goes on and it says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Many are dead. It's a nice way of saying that. Why are many people sick? Why are many dead? Why are many sickly and not living in the fullness? Because they are not considering the power of God in the person next to them. They are not considering the Lord's body, which is filled to the fullness with the power of God. It doesn't help you pray and say, Lord, if it is your will, I've prayed those prayers and those people died. Family died when we prayed those prayers. The word says, if any are sick among you, let them call for the elders. The mature ones. Concerning the Lord's body, what we have, can I tell you a secret quickly? What we have in this room can solve every problem in your life. Because if you believe God is in the believer, then you believe God can solve every problem, then what we need is in this room. Amen. You see, we don't honor the person. We honor the spirit in the person. We honor the power in the person. We honor the passion in the person. We honor the maturity. Which is, again, the laying down of flesh. So you can read that and you can read bread and wine. But that's common. Or you can read that and you can read spiritual and you can say that's the unity of the body which is broken for you into little pieces. All of us sitting here together. Because when you go to Somerset West, you're gonna run into grace-lifers there. When you're gonna to go to Stella Walsh, you're gonna to go to run into some grace-lifers there. If you're gonna to run to Albania, you're gonna run into some people there. They ran all the, pla- all the way here, on a plane. <laughs> and they ran into family. The, the testimony I have of Ami and Claudia, yeah. just from what I see is they're just family. No. Yeah, they right. just found family. But when we consider what is in them and they consider what is in us, that's why they are here. So why are people sick and why do people die? Because God is confused or we don't pray enough. No, because we don't tap into what we've got. The healer lives inside of us. That was your bonus break. We're going back to Philippians 3 verse 17. My beloved friends, imitate my walk with God and follow all those who walk according to the way of life we model before you. As a leadership we're not perfect but we are trying to imitate god we are stepping out boldly and we want you to follow our example the Amplifier says live by the pattern we gave you going to church every sunday is a pattern it's boring i don't like routine it's boring but the pattern brings purpose and the purpose brings passion and the passion brings power Going across the pattern of I get up in the morning and I don't decide whether I'm going to spend time with God. The pattern is set. When I get up in the morning, I do spend time with God. Yes. You're never going to feel like going for a run at 5 in the morning. <laughs> you decide that the night before. When you get up, the decision is made. The pattern that is set before you. Look at your leaders. Look at how they serve, where they serve, where they spend time with God. It says pattern your lives after mine. It's a, it's a key for us as Christians. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says, Don't forget the example of your spiritual leaders who have spoken God's messages to you. Take a close look at how their lives ended and then follow their walk of faith. Take a close look at your leaders. Consider not just their lives, but their fruit. And if you want those fruits, you're going to have to live those lives. Amen. That, if you take that home, you got something.
1: Yes.
0: If you want the fruit you see in others, you're going to have to do the investment that they do. You're going to have to spend the time that they do in the Word and with God. And this was Shane and Marna. Natasha and I consider you guys often. We look at you, not to pressure, but because we want to imitate you. We want to see how can we be more what God has called us to be. And we've got great leaders in this body. We've got amazing leaders, bold leaders, stepping out leaders, saying, I don't care what people say, what people think, who will just follow God for that sake. Consider them. Consider your leaders. Jeremiah one ten, Shane, I've given this to you before and I give it to you again this morning. This very day I appointed you to speak with my authority over nations and kingdoms. Your word, my word, will have the power to uproot and to stamp out. It will destroy and upend. And then your word, my word, will rebuild and plant anew. That's not an easy calling, guys. That is not a popular calling. That is on Shane and my man on this ministry. So we are to consider them. We are to lift their hands. We are to pray for them. We are to support them. The writer of Hebrews says you can either make your leaders' lives more difficult or more easy. And it's to your benefit, it's to our benefit, I'm standing with you guys, if we consider them, and we support them, and we honor them, and we don't make their lives more difficult than it already is. Because you and I have no idea what they go through, and what they have gone through since 2010, so that we can sit here today. We have to honor what God has placed on them, in them, for us. Philippians 3.18 For there are many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears who live as enemies of the cross of Christ rejecting and opposing His way of salvation whose fate is destruction whose God is their He's belly, their worldly appetite their sensuality and their vanity the Amplified says that look around it's what you eat what you wear and where you go but you you and you play vanity it's vanity and whose glory is in their shame celebrities of our day what are they known for shame shameful things who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things what you focus on very much is not just dependent on what you do look at but what you don't look at I run straight I don't look left I don't look right Verse 19. Their future is eternal loss, for their God is their appetite. They are proud of what they should be ashamed of. And they all think about in this life, all they think about is this life here on earth.
1: Those
0: are the zombies. Those are the people who need the truth. Those are the ones who need the gospel, who need to hear. But sometimes they don't need just to hear, they need to encounter. They need to see power. They need to see confirmation. They need to see you step out. Me telling them about how I stepped out of the ministry, yeah, it's nice for them, but word of knowledge bowls them. Word of wisdom helps them. Healing stirs them. Truth breaks them down so they can be born again and receive what you and I have. And we don't know what it feels like to live without God anymore. We have no idea. Been, I was born in 2007. I have, I, I have no idea what it feels like to live without the story. 2007, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was really sure to <laughs> <laughs> So we don't know the torment that they're going through on a daily basis because we forgot. And from the outside, they do a great job at plastering and masking up. But it's white, plastered graves. It's where zombies live. So we have, if we love them, the opportunity, the privilege, the purpose of going out and sharing truth. Sharing what God has for us and so for them. I'm closing with this. Philippians 3 verse 20 says, but we are a colony of heaven on earth. Someone said to me the other day, grace life must be so weird from the outside. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, it is this body of people moving together and there's like, it's this group. And wherever you go, there are some of us. And when you go to a different town, there's some of us. And when you go for a bride, there's some of us. And on a Sunday, there's some of us. And then there's lunch and there's some of us. He said, it must be so weird so awkward almost to get in. I said, yes, but that's why we have to invite them in. And I remember when I first visited, people called me family, and I was like, you're weird, I'm not your family. (laughs) We are. So let's be wise to those who are without. And let's make it comfortable, let's make it engaging, let's make it open arm. let's invite and encourage and encounter and engage with them to bring them into this colony of heaven, which yes, we live on earth, but we are not from this place, because our citizenship is in heaven. We are different, the Amplified says. So many people want to be different, and when they're different, they cry, oh, I'm different. We are different. Because our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. And that's okay. That's more than okay. That's amazing. But do not compare yourselves among yourselves. And do not compare yourself to the world. Because then you will fall into vanity. I pray like all prays in Philippians 1 verse 9. My prayer for you is that you overflow more and more. With love for others. And at the same time keep on growing in spiritual knowledge inside let's pray prayers of overflow prayers for more and more of God coming out of us prayers for keeping on growing and spiritual knowledge and insight. prayers for our hitless, for all men to be saved prayers for discipleship so they all come to the knowledge of the truth because we live with one path one passion one pattern one purpose because we are now one with the one the one who is the son of God and he has his power now in us so it's one power One of the, um, the Great Commission renditions we don't read so often is Luke 24. Luke twenty four forty nine, And I love it. It says, and behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you. King James, so you can, you can take it. I sent the promise from my Father upon you. Okay, Paul explains this later in Galatians 3 verse 14 when he says this is the promise of Abraham, which is the the Spirit. He says, but Terry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So the promise is the outpouring of the Spirit, which is the power. And now he says, wait until you receive the power. When did they receive the power?
1: Pentecost.
0: Pentecost. When was that? 2,000 years ago. So why are we tarrying? There was an instruction to wait until you receive power, but after that you should go. So if you wanted a word to go, you got it. If you have the power, you have what you need to go. The message says, what comes next is very important. I'm sending what my father promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives. I love it. The spirit until he arrives until you're equipped with power from on high for such a time as this you are not in this generation in this nation or wherever you're looking at um, watching from you're not where you are by coincidence you are here with a purpose with a passion and with a plan you're not by yourself you are full of power and that is for such a time as this let's pray together father we thank you so much for jesus we thank you for what has been done what has been completed in us and that we can now live that out father thank you for those who've gone before us that we can stand on their shoulders we can stand on the truth and we can build on what they've taught us and what they had to go through maybe years of persecution to, to deliver But Lord, thank you that we can look forward. I just feel that's an application of not looking back as where you come from. Ministry-wise, church-wise. Don't look back. It's said, we should never put a person above Christ or above the truth. You are here for such a time as this. You are in this conference for such a time as this you are in this conference for such a revelation of truth as this you are here so that this day will be a springboard into eternity not for you but for those you encounter you see this conference really is not about us it's about everyone who's not here
1: Yes.
0: It's about them who haven't heard, and so we can get equipped and encouraged and stirred up, so that we can go and see zombies come to life, that we can see the dead raised. Yes, but more so in the spirit. That we can love on others, that we can receive more of what is on the inside of us, and that we can work it out with purpose and passion. I'm going to say this, and I said it a few times in Stellenbosch, but I honestly believe there's a window of opportunity to go into Eastern Europe and to change the nations. And that was before Putin started invading. That window is closing. We have to be urgent about the matter. People still have Second World War in their minds. They still have the Soviet Union in their minds. And what the communists did. But that window is closing even from the west. There's different political agendas that is closing the freedom which we have. Let us not be known for a generation who missed an opportunity. Let us be known as, an op- as a generation, as a church, as a body who took an opportunity. And who were urgent about it. I love the video from the Ukrainian feedback on Timothy, it says, this chaotic thing happened, so we went. (laughs) Let that be what that little line between the dates on our tombstone will say. He or she lived well because they went. They gave. Yes, they gave money, but they gave more. It's easy to give money. It's much more difficult to give your life to give yourself Jesus said there's no greater love than this not him who gives the biggest offering that you lay down your life for a man and he is not asking us to do something which he hasn't done himself because he took on to him and he became less than an angel Hebrews 2 says but only for a small window Because now we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But let's not get comfortable there. Let's use what we've got there. And let's live it out. And to those who so desperately need it. And this opportunity we have. Let's stand together.
2: now, thank you Holy Spirit, that you're uh, going to help us with all this this word that we've received and we're still going to receive over the course of the day, that you're going to continue just to massage it into our hearts and bring revelation so that we can see a fruitfulness. I really believe on my heart that uh, from the sessions already, you, there's some here who you know what your next step is. I mean, you know what God's been putting on your heart as to your next step. And I want to encourage you to, to seek out your, your campus pastor, to seek out leaders, to pray with you about that. But some of you know, some of you have already taken that step, and that's fine. I'm talking about people who haven't said yes to that next step, whatever it is. It might not be a step to go to the ends of the earth. It might be a step just to step up where you are to step into more responsibility where you are to step out and, and sharing the gospel with someone uh, 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 next door Amen. Across the road to inviting someone that you know isn't a, a part of family to to be part of uh, uh, our family I want to challenge you just to, to just to go for it those big decisions obviously, seek wise counsel, but just step out, step up, step into whatever God's uh, uh, leading you in. Thank you, Father, that you're always empowering us, enabling us, and walking with us in the things that you're calling us to. In Jesus' name. Amen.